Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Everybody's talking at me. They fight like hell for six months and they're saying horrible things. The worst things you can imagine. Only the echoes of my I don't think I'm going to lose, but if I do, I'm not sure you're ever going to see me again, folks. Okay? I'm going where the sun keeps shining. Well, how true is that going to be? How true is that going to be that on November 8th, if he does lose the election to Hillary Clinton, which, you know, she's got a double-digit lead now in the national poll following that big, big video leak on Friday, which I think, deep down, I think that's ended his campaign. You might disagree with me. There are people that are saying, well, he got attacked again, so people are more, more people are going to support him. Alex Garrett, by the way, Alex G in NYC is my new Twitter handle. And, you know, will he actually disappear if he loses to Hillary on November 8th? Will he disappear from the public eye? Will he get away from it all? And will he actually, you know, just play golf as he want, as he's been saying throughout the campaign if he loses? Well, I have to find out. He may not also concede it right away. That's going to be another big thing uh, to see how that goes. But you talk about disappearing. And a lot of us have shown our political prowess or our political try to be, you know, a political expert, a politico on Facebook. But you wonder if, you know, before this election, I was basically doing some fun stories. I still do my Monday humor, Tuesday humor, Wednesday humor, Thursday humor, all the days of the week. I pick something humorous and I call it that day's humor. I'll still do that. But I wonder, in general, how many will continue the fight against Hillary when she's in office? If a, How many on the right are going to continue the fight on Facebook to fight to try and keep her out of doing some really dastardly things? I wonder if not only will Donald go away, But the idea of politics and the idea of debating politics, if everybody who's against Hillary has spent so much time and effort is going against uh, going against her, will disappear. Will just post, you know, pictures of weddings, pictures of their kids, pictures of their pets, fun stories or serious stories, but nothing that will cause tremendous threads like a post that I did yesterday. You just wonder if, as Harry Nielsen says, people will just go where the sun is shining through the pouring rain, meaning people will just find sunshine in a cloud of bad news and just post the sunshine of the news instead of, you know, hey, 
uh, Hillary does this or Hillary does that. And my new hashtag is, but will it matter? You can post everything about WikiLeaks that you want, but Friday just seems to have been the end of Donald Trump. Just, just have that feeling about it. Because Paul Ryan's backed out. A lot of the GOPers have unendorsed. Short supporters have also as well. But what about us? Will our political ideals, will our political thoughts be just discarded if Hillary wins? I'm sure there'll be some that still be posting, hey, look what they're doing. But that'll be the same as Obama. I mean, that'd be exactly the same as Obama. Because we all post about how bad Obama's been doing on certain things. And that's not changing much. It's getting a little more uh, transparency from the White House, which finally is happening. But it's just going to be another four years of, you know, being hidden from the truth and us having to expose the truth. And by that time, it's too late. So you wonder if all the people that have been spending so much energy on Facebook, on Twitter, trying to keep Hillary out, present company included, you wonder... If that will be the end of the political posts as we know it. Because when you spend six months, even prior to that, when the Trumpsters were trying to beat Cruz even. When you spend nearly a year on this and this alone, more so than I've seen with the McCain-Obama, more so than I've seen with the Romney-Obama. This election just brought everybody out, their political thoughts out. And either way, if they're fighting so hard, maybe even the Hillary supporters, will they stop trying to make that difference? Because when you spend so much time on trying to to make one thing happen, and it doesn't happen, how often do you uh, bounce back? Sure, I'm sure a lot of us will be posting, to be honest with you, about how bad the Hillary campaign is, uh, how Hillary presidency is. But there's nothing we can do about it at that point. It's already set in stone, pretty much. Here's the moment where everybody has to do what they can to defend their positions. And we're going to be all so drained by November 8th that the political post may just stop. And we may just go back to the wedding pictures, as I said, and the, the baby pictures. We may just go back to some funny things. But this is the beauty of the public forum. What Facebook has become is a beauty of a public forum where everybody can voice their opinion. But this election, now that can be the end of the political debate. Because there are going to be so many discouraged people, it's going to take a riot or a revolt against whoever wins to really make our voice heard. That's what I think. And you can't revolt on Facebook in a way. You have to really go out there and do it if they're going to do it. So will we transcend the debate from Facebook to real life? Or will the debate end at Facebook once the election is over? That's the big question, I guess. Will we continue to post sunshine through the pouring rain that is a Hillary presidency? Or will we get out there and do something to try and you know, get people on the down ballot elected to stop her from doing what she wants to do. Much like Congress has already stopped a lot of what Obama wanted to do. And there's still gridlock down on Washington, down in Washington. Very much so. 
But the down ballots count as much as the presidential election, if not more. So the question is, will we be like Donald Trump and disappear from our political viewpoints and just stick to the basics of Facebook, which are, you know, general statuses about life? Or will we transcend Facebook uh, from Facebook and go out on the streets and say, hey, this is not this is not right. What's happening here is not right. That's going to be determined in a month. But I'm sure a lot of people would love for Donald Trump to just go by, go away, once and for all. I wouldn't. I want to see what he continues to talk about while Hillary is president. I'm sure he's going to be tweeting. But also, I'm curious to see how less political we get as the election is over. Or if we become more political. Because, you know, Mark Zuckerberg did an interview many, many moons ago, in 2005, as a matter of fact. And this is what his, this is what his original idea of Facebook was. I mean, there doesn't necessarily have to be more, you know, I mean, like a lot of people are focused on like taking over the world or doing like the biggest thing, getting the most users. And I mean, I think like part of making a difference and doing something cool is focusing intensely. There is a level of service that we can provide when we're just at Harvard that we can't provide for all the colleges. And there's a level of service that we can provide when we're a college network that we wouldn't be able to provide if we went to other types of things. 11 years later, he has provided a forum. Now the question is, do we transcend the forum into the streets or do we just run into hiding with our political views? A lot coming up tonight. Mark Chuzano from AM New York will be joining me next about a story that I talked about a bit on Saturday in my big rant after the video release. But we're going to get more in depth into the creepy clown situation. And New York's rolling it as Halloween is right around the corner. We'll be right back on Keeping It Real with Alexander Garrett. It's October, it's Halloween month, and you know what that means? Clowns everywhere for Halloween, but a new element this month, creepy clowns. And I talked about this a bit on Saturday in my podcast when I vented about Donald Trump's tape and the leak of it, but now we're going in more in depth with Mark Chisano of AM New York, who decided to write about it. Good evening, Mark. How are you doing? I am so good. How are you tonight? Doing good, doing good. Afraid of the clowns, obviously, but, you know, pretty good. Tell us about that, because you actually wrote in your daily newsletter today for AM New York about it, and should the city be concerned, or what's your angle on it? So basically what's going on here is that these clowns have been popping up since late August. Uh, They started, the first sighting was somewhere in South Carolina, uh, in a forest, basically, that uh, some some residents saw clowns walk into a forest and maybe uh, bothering kids. So this this has been sort of sweeping the nation, and there's even been a couple of sightings here in New York, um, to the point which to the point that uh, New York's uh, NYPD's head of intelligence and counterterrorism, John Miller, was asked a question about this last week at a press conference, a routine crime briefing, and you know his his take was don't believe the clowns, don't believe the hype, don't be afraid of the clowns, you know, this is not a big deal. And, uh, and you know, honestly, to tell you the truth, I kind of agree with that. Um, I think that, that these things, it, it, 
they become more dangerous the more that the hysteria sort of takes hold and the more that there are copycat crimes and the like. Uh, but, that, you know, that, that's not to say that these things aren't very scary when they do pop up. Now, what are your thoughts then on a, a clown that had a rifle in his hand that doesn't really scare you or think that could lead to something bigger and... Totally. No, 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 it's terrifying. It's terrifying. But, you know, but the thing is that it's not, you know, that's that guy probably is not dressed as a clown every day. You know, that guy or woman, you know, who knows, uh, picked up their clown costume and walked around with the rifle. Right. So it's just the more that this sort of hysteria spreads, the more crazy people will do something like that. And as you noted, Times Square is a bunch of crazy. So, I mean, it's just the problem is, I guess, for me, is that they could still blend in with all the crazies in Times totally. Square. And, and that's a, a worry I have. Totally. So, yes, yeah, so in the column that I wrote uh, this morning, it was just saying how, you know, in New York, we're used to uh, weird things and we wouldn't blink twice at the clowns. Just take a walk through Times Square and you see all sorts of weird things there. Um, but, you know, you're totally right. I mean, and it, it does it does raise some serious questions about how do you keep yourself safe in a city when crazy people can do sort of crazy things. And the NYPD is pretty good at, uh, at doing this, at sort of managing threats of this nature. Uh, it, it, they, they, they actually mentioned this last week that um, they're monitoring social media accounts that, you know, for, for threats of this nature. Now, uh, you and I were talking about this, and Halloween is right around the corner. So do you think there has an element to this creepy clownness in it, or you think it'll be a, a safe Halloween? Yeah, that is a that is a slightly scary thing that you know everyone's gonna be dressed up on Halloween, and it it, it first of all it is a day that the police generally increase their uh, foot patrols and things like that, and I, I have to imagine that there's gonna be more of that this year, um, just because everyone's gonna be dressed in a costume and someone could be carrying something that looks like a weapon, you know, is it or isn't it? But it it, it it's definitely I'm sure it's it, it'll be concerning, uh, but you know the, the here's the thing it's like what are you gonna do? Are you gonna have the police uh, out and forth? every day, like toting their own guns and bothering people dressed looking weirdly, like, no, that's not going to help anything. So the best thing really is to try not to be hysterical about things and, you know, report uh, a crime if you see it happen. Absolutely. Now, uh, let's shift things because obviously this is buried under the election. What are your thoughts on the election? I mean, you're writing every day for AM New York. And uh, what, what are your thoughts covering all of it? here in 2016 so far. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is the sort of, I, I think that this is one of the places that this creepy clown stuff comes from is that there, there's a bunch of professors and uh, social commentators who sort of say that these kinds of uh, fears or these kinds of um, premonitions or, you know, uh, problems come from, come during moments of social anxiety. And that's certainly one that we're in right now between the election and, you know, fears of uh, terrorism and, and big conversations about about uh, racial justice, and uh, you know, in, in the country, and 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 that's and yet, you know, it's, it's terrifying. Whether you're a whether you're a Clinton supporter or a Trump supporter, uh, it's it's a moment of great uh, great tension in, in in America. I don't know. Do you are what what, what what do you think about the election? Are you uh, do you, do you have a, do you pull on one side or the other? I mean, I just think it's it's crazy how much they mirror each other. To be honest with you, I feel Trump and Hillary are cut from the same cloth at the end of the day, and that's. That's really not diversity in this election. Uh, but he's his second debate was really uh, mesmerizing. I thought he had a solid second debate. Feel free to disagree. But I just thought he was on point for a lot of it. And the media gave him some time to talk about everything that she's done as Secretary of State, which was really surprising. 
Right, right. I, you know, I think you're right. I think he had an effective second debate. You know, he did exactly what he needed to do, which was to staunch the bleeding and shore up his the support among his base. Um, I, you know, I, I can say this because I'm a, I'm a columnist and we we write uh, we write our opinions all the time. But I am I'm not a fan of of Trump. I think he's a very dangerous candidate. Um, but uh, you know, and and sort of a, a candidate who has degraded our political discourse with things like the uh, the tape that was released. Uh, or, Late last week, um, but but I, I agree with you that uh, the, neither candidate is perfect, um, and, uh, and and there there are certainly lots of people who are supporting Donald Trump who are not going to be happy no matter what happens in, in November. Um, so it's going to be you know it's going to be an interesting next couple of months even after the election happens to sort of see where we are and and move forward. Now, let me get your thought on this, because last segment I was talking about this political landscape and how Facebook's really affected it. It's broken friendships. It's ended, you know, friendships, and it's just people have lost respect on Facebook through their posts. And my thought is, what if Facebook changes now after this election? Do you think that's a possibility? Like, what if the landscape of Facebook and the way we interact with each other just, you know, we stop talking about politics after this election one way or the other? Do you think that might happen? That's interesting. Do you mean? Do you mean what if they they encourage users to not talk so much about politics? Or no, no, do you like mean us, us users, like we just stop talking politics because we fought for one side for all these right, months, and right. all of a sudden, it's like, do we keep talking about it, or do we just stop talking politics? And it goes back to the weddings and the right. birth, you know, and the kids and everything. The baby like picture. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I I think it would be sad if we stopped talking about politics, you know, the word politics, it's uh, the issues of politics themselves. I mean, that's sort of something that we should be focusing on in, in, in the country. But what, what I think is one of the problems of Facebook and Twitter and other social media is that it does kind of put you in these little silos where you, you know, don't really interact with people on the other side other than to snipe at them or make fun of them. Um, I talked to, or last week I talked to um, two uh, Trump supporters at Diamond Silk. They're, they're actually, they're video bloggers who are one their their Twitter very familiar with them they are uh, interesting characters they're very interesting and the funny thing is that they're one of 41 Twitter accounts that uh, that Donald Trump follows on Twitter (laughs) just interesting little tidbit Um, you know Trump has like 12 million followers but he only follows 41 accounts Um, and you know that's not too strange for someone like Donald Trump but it is it's indicative of where our sort of political discourse is now that we a lot of us are sort of not following too many people and not listening to people from a wide uh, selection of you know viewpoints and and yet we have a lot of opinions so we're sort of just yelling at people on the same side preaching to the choir and I think that's contributing to why people are so angry this cycle. I'm also uh, thinking locally here. I'm also a little upset that de Blasio is not as focused on the city as it seems like he is electing Hillary. You feel free to disagree, but I just think Mm. his focus should be on the city no matter what. And sometimes it's really not. Yeah, I hear that. What what, what do you think he's he's uh, he's taking his eye off the ball for here? Well, obviously, any particular issues. Well, there are still things. um, For instance, his board of elections, I guess, is now being found to be a fraud here in the city with the whole two million ballots left. Uh, Joe Borelli, a councilman here in Staten Island, things like Mm -hmm. that that aren't being addressed by the mayor. And I think he should be addressing the corruption. I think he should be not sniping at New York Post reporters, but saying, hey, you know what? I've messed up. Here's how I'm going to fix it. He's just not doing that at the moment. 
Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm not extremely familiar with Borelli's. Uh, I, I know he, it, this is a bill, right? Did he just introduce, I think, or, or he? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I'm not exactly familiar with the bill, but there, you know, there are obviously problems with the board of elections. You know, I mean, it, it's it's totally true that the city is a, a difficult place to govern, and sometimes it does feel like De Blasio has his, uh, you know, head in the clouds or something. I mean, you know, there's a it's winter's coming and homelessness is that is that record heights in terms of population. people are in shelters last yeah, night exactly. and he was supposed to bring him the 30 million dollar you know thing to fix all that and he hasn't that's a problem yeah well you know i mean he's he is working to get supportive housing funding and everything and and i, I think he uh I think he's he's working in good faith on homelessness, but there are certain uh, parts of homelessness, in particular street homelessness, where I think he's doing more talking than actually fixing. Um, and and it's uh, yeah, no, I, it's 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 tough to to you know when a when a New York City mayor goes and has a national profile, and you're like, hey, you got to fix the potholes. And uh, Du Bois had a round of this late last, or I guess early this year of uh, you know insisting that he was a pothole mayor as well as a big picture mayor. But I think, you know, the jury's still out on that one. He seems to be mostly focused on big picture things right now. Yep. And by the way, I don't know if anybody saw this, but earlier today there was apparently a rape or an attempt to rape in Central Park. And those are headlines that I honestly remember, well, I wasn't born then, but I remember hearing about with the Dinkins era. And that's scary to me. Yeah, it it is definitely scary. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, we should be careful of looking at particular cases because crime in general is down in the city. Violent crime is down. And, Which is true. And, Trump was so wrong on that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, and it's it's easy to cherry pick your statistics and or like Trump just kind of make them up often. But I mean, I don't know what you think about this, but I, I always think it's funny seeing how the presidential candidates use or misuse New York City, you know, whether whether you agree or disagree with them. Um, well, right. And Hillary was trying to use 9-11 as a way to, you know, say, hey, sure. I was here. And meanwhile, she fainted at the memorial. But I mean, in general, there were not much she accomplished in Senate that I remember that I've read, you know, while a senator of New York. So she doesn't have a, a backbone there. Now, well, I think, you know, th- this is one of the things that Trump pointed out at this debate that she uh, she does, she didn't have a ton of, you know, legislative accomplishments to turn to in her brief. I think it was, what, six years or something in the Senate, um, which is which is definitely true. But I think she was generally a pretty well-received uh, senator in terms of, like, responding to her constituents and things like that, which is honestly kind of all you can do as a junior senator. Um, but, uh, but, you know, the, the, she kind of uh, she moved on to different things before we would have really had a chance to say uh, what kind of senator she was. Now, let's talk a little bit about you. What do you do for AM New York, and what's your role there along with the Daily Newsletter? I know you, you do a lot for AM New York. Absolutely, yeah, that's right. Well, so, you know, if, you're, if your listeners are interested, uh, I do a Daily Newsletter about uh, local both politics and policies, and it's usually focused on individuals, like individual New Yorkers that exemplify some of the issues that are going on around the city, and you could sign up for that. It's at the top of my Twitter handle, but it's uh, amnewyork.com slash amexpress. Um, but, you know, I'm on the editorial board here at uh, AM New York and Newsday. Newsday is our sort of parent paper. Um, and so I, you know, I write the daily newsletter and then I write a couple of the unsigned editorials uh, a couple times a week. Um, very interesting. Well, we're going to be doing our uh, presidential endorsements in a couple of weeks and we're in the middle of our Senate and congressional and local races right now. So we've been hearing from a lot of politicians and, uh, and uh, trying, to, trying to sift through to help the voters a little bit. Yeah, and they need a lot of help. I'm sure not many knew that four days from now is the registration to vote. Like that's, that's right. That's right. And you know, it's good that you're telling your listeners because the other thing is that 
it's not only the deadline; it, it's the it's the deadline for the um, for the New York City mayoral primaries next year in 2017. So, if you want to vote in those uh, in the in that race, you have to sign up by Friday. I actually think there's some leeway. I think there, it might actually extend to Saturday. There's some strange rule there. I think because it's a Saturday, uh, you can go in person on Saturday. But you know, but go go before Friday. <laughs> that's something, <laughs> that's the, and and it feels like so underreported. And you wonder if that's because you know they don't want you to know when to register. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. You know, I mean, there is something there. The, the New York's a pretty uh, tightly controlled uh, state in terms of access to voting, um, and it's it's a way that both parties, honestly, both Republicans and Democrats, keep control of of, of the party apparatus. And, and honestly, I don't think that's a good thing. I think we should have as open voting as possible. You know, you should be able to sign up same day, or at the very least, you should be able to vote in you know rolling vote for a week or something. Because there's some people that just don't have time to vote. You know, on a particular day, they're they're, you, know, you don't have off. You have to work. You, you know, whatever. You're at, you're at work late. You got kids, and you've got to watch them. So we, we should be doing everything we can to expand the vote, not uh, contract it. And by the way, there were two million left out of the uh, primaries, even this presidential election, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, are you, are you talking about the, uh, the, the the voters in Brooklyn that were taken off the rolls? Or? Not only that, but just in general, I was on the steps of City Hall watching a group trying to get uh, the mayor and City Hall to say, hey, these voters should be going, and they've been going at it for 30 years trying to get the independent voters to vote. Uh, oh, interesting. I see what you're saying, like open up the oh, have, have open primaries. Yeah. And it's weird. I've never thought open primaries were good, but I mm-hmm. feel like, well, on the other hand, how many of us are taxpaying independents that don't really feel like we are part of a party and we want to be uh, heard and we're not because there seem to be suppressing the vote. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, it's uh, there are sort of concerns about, you know, that uh, people will sort of game the system. Republicans will vote in a Democratic primary or vice versa to sort of mess with the, with the vote. But honestly, that just doesn't really happen because if you're a you know, you, you vote for the party you, you are interested in, you know, and uh, and yeah, I think it should be as open as possible, as easy as possible. I think New York is one of only 11 states that has these closed primaries. So we're definitely in a minority. Now, one other thing, obviously, the big story, which I'm going to talk about as well in a little bit, give my thoughts on it. I want yours. Billy Bush exits, but our candidates are still allowed to run. Give us your thoughts on that whole disaster. That's right. I know. It, it is somewhat ironic that it's the, you know, the guy that was just kind of along for the ride and who doesn't have isn't at all in a position of power who faces the consequences i mean look you know i don't i don't think what billy bush did was was good either um but i think that this is a pretty devastating video for or tape for donald trump and you know we'll see if he faces the consequences or not i think he will in november i i uh, unfortunately i think you're right i think he will but uh hey mark thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll have you on again Sounds good. Thanks a lot. A lot of fun. You got it. Take care. Talk soon. Bye. I'm Alexander Garrett. We'll be right back on Keeping It Real with Alexander Garrett. Well, to Billy Bush, it seems like. The leaked Trump video was his baby. Because when he went to Rio, well, guess what? He went and bragged about it to many people while covering the Olympics in Rio. And now he is out. A lot of people were like, 
Well, why is he out? Well, you learned today that inside sources are saying, well, guess what? <laughs> he violated a morality clause. A clause because he hid this from NBC News. Now, this election cycle, we've had a pension for people hiding things, haven't we? We've had a pension of Hillary hiding 33,000 emails, deleting them, bleaching them. And yet, she is a Democratic nominee, could be the president. We have her violating the state. They didn't even go to the, the ethics seminars for the State Department. They violated many ethics agreements with the State Department, just like Billy Bush violated the ethics at NBC by not telling him about the tape. And so he's gone, but Hillary stays. On the other side of the coin, let's be fair, Trump said all this stuff about Nancy O'Dell, and yet he gets a say in the race. While the RNC, I guess, is still behind him, and while Ted Cruz is still behind him, well, why, why then should Billy Bush, on both fronts, be outed? Why shouldn't Hillary Clinton be indicted when we all know that an FBI agent in the same position would be indicted if, if he or she did exactly what Hillary did? Why are these candidates getting a pass? Let's just have an overall question. Why are these candidates getting a pass when people, a NSA guy, stole classified information, he goes to jail? And yet, here we have two candidates that are just coasting, in a way, more so than Billy Bush or the NSA contractor or any FBI guy that may have done this, guy or girl before that may have done something like this. Why, why why are these candidates coasting? The ultimate question is, who's behind this? How is this being allowed to go on? And have we woken up too late? Have we woken up too late to the fact that this might just be a big hoodwink to all of us? Every single one of us. Yeah, I'll post about the debate. I, I think Trump is a character. But if Billy Bush is getting suspended, but Trump can still run, my girlfriend makes a great point, by the way. Jordan, she makes an incredible point. And on the other side, if Hillary can violate state ethics, the Department of State Ethics Agreement, not even really sign it or even go to the seminars, she's still able to run. Are we waking up too late to an elitist world I hate to say it because it just sounds so left wing but that's what it is an elitist world or again will there be transcension from Facebook to the streets that's what I want to know if I, if come November 9th whoever wins will this transcend from Facebook debates and Twitter debates and who retweeted who and who liked what and who commented on what will that all end up being on the streets because if it is my God, I pray for the people of this country, if they do revolt, that it's a peaceful, peaceful try to do as the Declaration of Independence had suggested us and urged us to do as law-abiding Americans and as sung by the Fifth Dimension. 
to alter or abolish it and to institute new government. We have every right to go in there and try and take it back. I just hope it's not too late. And I hope more people actually cling to the good Lord. Because we need prayer and we need God more than ever before. And with that note, I'm Alexander Garrett, keeping it real here on Spreaker. And I wish you and yours a great Tuesday. And may God bless you in this time of turbulence.